1: Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags.
2: Are you ready for a frantic day of recording from the front porch?
1: I'm so ready.
2: Today is Tuesday, October 1st. We are going to be recording the three of the next four episodes uh, today.
1: It's great.
2: It's great. That's
1: so good. I should have had a Coke.
2: Yeah. People are like, yeah, you're so on top of things and timely. And I'm like, well... (laughs) It's because we are recording in the past, yeah. and by the end of this month, the distant past.
1: It, it, I don't know. I don't know. Fall is a lot, yeah. and so we'll probably be doing a few of these marathon recordings. We're sessions. definitely going
2: to be doing that because fall is crazy retail time and also crazy academic time
1: and crazy Chris lifetime.
2: Oh, well, that too. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: are getting married. I am getting
2: married. <laughs> At and, the end of and November. And going out of
1: town. Yeah. Like, bye. Bye. You're going to have so much fun on your honeymoon. I know. Because you're going to be bye to everyone.
2: Yeah. <laughs> which will be great.
1: You have to come back to work is the bummer.
2: For one week.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. I think, you know What's what? What's dumb
2: about the academic year?
1: Well, and I was <laughs> trying to think, because Jordan and I got married around the same time yeah. also. And I think that's why we delayed our honeymoon was mm. because he had, I think he had two weeks. I think he had a week to prep for finals mm-hmm. and then... Finals.
2: We're taking the week of Thanksgiving okay. for our honeymoon, okay. um, and then there is a week after that of teaching, and then students have their finals week.
1: And you're gonna avoid like the Thanksgiving family angst. Yep. <laughs> the first, you know, the first holiday. Ends. It's uh, good for you.
2: It's by design. <laughs> <laughs> you're
1: gonna have so much fun. You'll so never, much fun. you'll never know. Um, like next year at Thanksgiving, you'll be like, we should have done this again.
0: Yeah.
2: Then you can blame it on your and first anniversary. We might. <laughs> No, and we figured it out. It's like, I don't remember the year exactly, but I think it's like 2022 or 2023 is the first time that our anniversary will be on Thanksgiving. Yes. And it happens every six or seven years. Yeah. It's not
1: my favorite. Yeah. But it is what it is. But
2: I think we'll probably use it as an excuse to not go to Thanksgiving. Bye,
1: everybody. (laughs)
2: Bye. Yeah. So that's fun. All right. Thanks for having me. to episode 243 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen. I am glad that September is over. I would like for 2019 to be over.
1: And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. <sighs> wake me up when September ends. It's over!
2: It is. <laughs> Did you wake up Green Day? <laughs>
1: we're done we're done Uh, here's the thing I'm wearing the first pair of jeans I've worn since May okay mistake
2: yeah too hot it's 95 degrees I
1: put them on well I thought October 1st I'm gonna suck it up I'm gonna wear a fall short sleeve colored shirt Mm -hmm. and jeans because it's October 1st I can handle it yeah well, it feels like August. Yeah, and I put my pants on. They are snug anyway. Because you're not gonna be able to get them. Summer. Off. Well, I couldn't. I was like, I'm gonna change. It's too hot. I'm gonna wear a denim skirt. Nope. Couldn't get them off without Jordan's assistance. So here we are.
2: Here we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. I didn't put shoes on for a similar reason. I'm in flip flops, which I try not to do in public. Yeah. I wear them to Publix. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Because they're like 10 years old. Yeah. Not something I wear.
1: But it's hot. But it's
2: hot. And it's I don't so, want to wear socks. Yeah, I feel currently. That. So that's what happened.
1: I've tried to be real patient but, uh, patient, but October 1st feels like you should be able to wear fall ish things. What
2: I am envisioning now is like the year is 2075. Um, we are at the peak of the climate wars.
0: The, the, yeah. And
2: people are listening to the first seven minutes of from the front porch from the year 2000 years 2017 to 2019 (laughs) as a time capsule of like what happened in the south climate wise well we died (laughs) here we are
1: (laughs) i did i have said this before on this podcast but jordan and i talk about it probably more than we should which is we feel like we are ready for the apocalypse because we're already living it Mm -hmm. well
2: no we're just gonna die first
1: why i think we're hardy when i we're got into here. my
2: car three four weeks ago and it was 109 degrees
1: yeah it is too hot yeah we went for a walk i told you this yeah we went for walking it was 113 uh-huh. with the heat index and then we went for a walk the other night because i was like oh nighttime that's another reason my pants uh, don't yeah. fit You mm-hmm. can exercise it's too hot it is anyways, i agree so we went for a walk at like 9 p.m. we got back home and it was 84 degrees but according to the weather app felt uh-huh. like 90 and it was like at 9 p.m. it should be like a little cooler the sun is not here anymore like it should feel better <laughs> but it didn't it's just so it's hot it's but hot it's, it's very October hot. and we finished oh well, I finished some books
2: I finished zero books but I want to tell everybody why go ahead um
1: because life happens? Well,
2: no. So, I mean, yes, but <laughs> September was like dissertation redux. Okay. Where I had three articles due. That's
1: right. You had this nice break and then got slapped this, in the face. Well,
2: yeah, because well, it was this amazing thing where like I finished my dissertation. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do some professional development and I'm going to submit. I'm just going to pitch some stuff and see if anybody picks it up. They picked up all <laughs> of the things. Everything <laughs> that I pitched got picked up. So
0: good. Which was great. Yeah.
2: And they all had the same deadline of October 1st. And here we are. And so I have spent the last month, I wrote a 3,000-word piece, a 7,000-word piece, and a 10,000-word piece. Um, For those keeping track at home, that is a um, six-page, 19-page, and 30-page research academic essay. Um, I I still need to write about two pages of of the 10,000-word one. Have fun. Um, by the end of the day. and Close of waiver. business
1: or midnight? <laughs> um,
2: unclear. I'm going to shoot for close of business yeah. because I think that's polite. Yeah. I wanted to send it yesterday. Uh-huh. Got home from, from teaching and just could not. Just crash. I just crashed because I, I teach until 6.30. and right. So then I got home at 8 right. after right. after going to dinner and like
0: yeah.
2: nothing was getting done. I yeah. watched a Great British Bake Off and went to bed.
0: Yeah.
1: The Great British Breakoff, are you caught, wait, was this old or new?
2: Um, both. I'm doing both. Okay. I'm watching them weekly, but I'm also rewatching the entire series.
1: I just was laughing this morning. Rachel Maddow has a book out. We talked about it in the new Release mm-hmm. Tuesday Patreon episode. And then I made a fracking reference because the Great British Bake Off made a fracking reference and it made me laugh out oh, loud. Wow. Like, like it was when they were going to do the technical and they always send Prue and Paul to go uh-huh. do something and they always make up, like, mm-hmm. they're going to go exchange clothes or, like, I don't mm-hmm. know. And this time they were like, they're going to go do some fracking. And I was like, does that mean the same thing there that it means here? Because that's funny. It
2: doesn't on Battlestar Galactica.
1: They're drilling for oil.
2: But maybe that's a deep cut. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I love baby boy Henry.
1: Oh my God. I love them. I really have grown attached to them all. Like at first I was like, where's my cute older client, like older, Mm -hmm. clientele is the wrong word, but my older folks. Um, But it, they have really, they always do though. I always find them all to be so charming. I will,
2: we, I mean, no spoilers, but I was shocked by the end of this week's episode.
1: I was too. I, Um, and I normally predict correctly.
2: Me too. And it was not what I expected at all and I was really shocked
1: yeah I was like well done Great British Bake Off keeping me on my toes keeping me
2: on my toes I will say
1: the themes this year are quite different was it dairy week I was not Uh here for that oh I I was definitely here for that and then um 1920s 1920s week
2: (laughs) yeah I was like you guys are reaching now and the thing is you could do the same week every season and people would be happy that's right
1: I did love David's flapper biscuits (laughs) they
2: were beautiful
1: beautiful oh David, I was nervous about because he's kind of health nutty, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, you're gonna be one of those people who mm-hmm. like only bakes with I don't alternative know, with, ingredients." Yes, yeah. but he's not. He's Mm-mm. he's done quite well. I like them all. I like them all too. Henry's hilarious.
2: Henry's so adorable. <laughs> he's
1: so charming.
2: Uh, I will tell you a joke that we have about Henry off air because it takes too long to explain.
1: I do want to go back there. Remember when I went to London? I want to yeah. go back.
2: I think that it's like you studied abroad, yeah, and now you're like. Oh.
1: I need to go. I studied abroad for seven days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I practically lived there. I'd need to go back.
2: Yeah, I get it. Um, so September. Yeah, you, you read some things. I did not. Um, but let's talk about the things that you read.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to be honest with you too. September was, I'm not going to say it was not like yours. I did not have to write any papers. Mm-hmm. It was stressful for a variety of reasons. I had some family stuff going on and, um, and then one book. But I also think there are some months where I just read at a slower pace. Mm-hmm. It's not even that I, it's just that I read slower. And one day I was like, I haven't picked up a book in a couple of days. And then I thought, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm also reading some things behind the scenes. So I'm reading East of right. Eden right now mm-hmm. so that I can read it. I'm doing, in, in two weeks. In two weeks. So I'm reading it. I do, I'm doing what I did in school. So I took the page count and divided it by how many days I had. Mm-hmm. And now I'm reading, I feel like I'm reading homework. It's so It's oh my so goodness. fun. I'm reading 40 pages a day. What
2: happened to it's, your brain? It's
1: so fun. <laughs> I just am loving it so much. But you know what else I'm reading sometimes before bed? Mm. Have I already told you this? I'm reading, maybe I did tell you this last reading recap and everybody's going to be like, Annie, you're you a know, broken record. Yeah. Um, but I'm reading Ellen Montgomery's journals.
2: Oh yeah, uh-huh. And That's cool. it's
1: delightful, like, pre-bedtime reading. Like, just read a couple entries before bed.
2: I read one to two issues of the early 1980s Chris Claremont run on the X-Men.
1: Same thing. It is. <laughs> yeah. Just a little, like, a little snippet of something. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm reading some things behind the scenes. Um, but also, like, life happens and you read what you can. Yep. Um, so the first thing I read was Little Weirds.
2: That's the Jenny Slate. Yes. Okay. Chris. Yeah.
1: This is the weirdest book I've ever read.
2: Compared to Miranda July.
1: Um, I did not finish Miranda July. Like the book you recommended? The, the
2: little one? Yeah. No I One blogs to More Than You? Did I finish that? I think you did. I did. But like, it was four years ago.
1: I did read that book. This is weirder. Here's why. Okay. I figured celebrity essays, a la Mindy Kaling. Sure. Um,
2: Tina Fey. Tina
1: Fey. You name yeah. it, they've done it. Okay, I thought that's what I was getting into.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that it's not. Mm-hmm. It is essays. Okay, oh, okay, so then I thought... I was
2: like, eh, I thought, is it short stories?
1: Okay, then I thought short stories like B.J. Novak. Right. And so I was like, okay. No, it's, it's essays, but if they were short stories, they would be experimental fiction. Okay. But they're not. They're essays. Okay. So I truly... I'm not being sarcastic about this. I cannot decide if she is like a poetic genius mm-hmm. and it's just kind of floating above my head. Mm-hmm. Like it, like I just don't get it or she's high. And because I've never been high, I also do not get it.
2: Third option. <laughs> maybe both.
1: <laughs> like, like I, <laughs> like I did look her up and she's got her degree from Columbia or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, there is one essay at the end that I truly loved and, and I want to be clear. So I read this whole thing. Mm mm-hmm. I maybe skimmed a little, but I don't think so. I mostly read the whole thing one night. Jordan came home and I was reading it, and I put it down, and I looked at it and I was like, "I don't know what I'm reading." <laughs> because and so like I read him, mm-hmm. and Jordan Jones and I are very similar. Jordan Jones almost has more, uh, less of a tolerance for experimental stuff than I do.
2: That is absolutely true. <laughs>
1: So I read out loud, there was like this chapter, or this section, where she just started imagining as if she um, maybe was a dog or a mm-hmm. wolf, and she started describing the feel of her fur. Mm-hmm. And Jordan was like, no, I I can't, I can't do this. I read it aloud to Olivia, and Olivia was like, oh no, she was high. Like, <laughs>
2: like and-, and the thing is, I don't like... When necessarily always when people make that excuse sure. for like a weird thing or yeah. something that they don't understand that like, oh, well that person was obviously in an altered state of consciousness because yes. of drugs like that. I do think that's... Artistically reductive, sure. Sometimes, yeah. not always, but yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it's absolutely true that yeah. something's happening.
1: I mean, I don't know. You
2: listen to a Jefferson Airplane album, and it's like, no, this isn't heady. This yeah. isn't intellectual. This is just a bunch of people out of their minds. Yeah. Uh, I, don't I don't know
1: Jenny Slate's know. life. I, don't know. Um, I
2: imagine she does a lot of drugs.
1: <laughs> I don't know Jenny but I don't Slate's know. life. But the last essay, I think, is well. I wish I could tell uh-huh. you the name of it because I do think it is worth people's time the book on a whole was probably not for me. Yeah. That being said, I did finish it. I also feel like I know a fairly diverse group of readers, like based Mm -hmm. on who comes in this store, based on friends I have, based on listeners we have. Mm -hmm. I truly am not sure who this is for.
0: Mm. Um
1: it doesn't that doesn't mean it's not for someone. No. As a bookseller, that's part of my job, right? Is to think to my like I finish a book and I could name you Mm -hmm. people who I think this book is for. I finished this book and I was like, I don't know who to give this to. Like you know, and I thought, well, like Hunter might read it because mm-hmm. Hunter reads more experimentally than I do. Um, I would read it. You would read it, but I don't know that you would like it. I truly don't. And yeah. and I, again, I think there were a couple essays that were really beautiful and poetic, and then there were some that I just kept going. Wait, like I would have to. For as many parts as I may have skimmed, I made up for it by rereading sections to see, Am I, like you said, like, am I just not getting this? Uh-huh. Is this just something that's beyond my intellectual capabilities? And maybe it is. I truly don't know. It's the weird... The title is perfect. It is... It's a bunch of little weirds. And, <laughs> and I think she knows that. Like, yeah. I think I think probably she is very... A quirky person.
2: Yeah,
1: and that's clear. Yeah, and I, I thought for a long time. I don't know if I still do because I did a, I did a a large purge. But I followed Jenny Slate for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought her and Chris Evans were real cute. I was really rooting for them. Um, Are they broken up? Yeah, Mm. she's engaged now to somebody else. Who she references. She's also very. She's also very. um, Artistic, Yeah, definitely. And and I think artistic in like the terms of modern art, which is something I don't have an affinity for. Right. And so anyway, I think there may be some of that in this collection. As a bookseller, I was trying to rack my brain like, who is this for? And I'm sure, I do think every, like um, my friend has a saying about couples. She's like, every lid has its pot. Mm. I do think the same is true of a book. Like every book finds its person. Yeah. it was just, I was trying to think, Miranda July is a good comp.
2: Because I love Miranda July, which is what makes me think, like, I could probably read this. Yeah,
1: but I liked Miranda July. Like, I liked the book you mm-hmm. gave
2: Cause, me. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, those stories are weird. Yeah, they are. But they also have so much heart.
1: Yeah. These, I truly... They're all about
2: human connection.
1: Okay, that was my problem. I kept reading, and I was like, um, I asked myself, I think, a couple questions. <laughs> Who is this for? Mm-hmm. Why do I care? What is this trying to say? Mm-hmm. And I I couldn't always answer those questions. Miranda July, July felt like I could. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And yeah, I would love for you or Hunter or somebody else to read it. Because I'd honestly like to know, did I miss something? Can you help me? Again, the last essay I really thought was beautiful it was about... Um, and interestingly, it was more fictional than the others. Mm. So she was like imagining... This tree in her backyard and what the tree might think, I guess, if I recall correctly. Anyway, I really loved it. She envisioned her future, so it like felt more short tree. story. Yeah, she, it felt more short story. Um, remember how weird Lena Dunham sometimes got? Yes. Okay, this is weirder than that.
2: I've, I figured. Because Lena Dunham... Hot take that everybody agrees with. <laughs> Lena Dunham isn't, like, actually that smart. <laughs> Um, she thinks she is, yeah. and she's very artistic, yeah. but do you remember that like scathing scene in one of the final seasons of Mad Men, where you've seen all of that, right? I have right? not seen all of okay. that.
1: Okay. I gave up on that.
2: Don Draper marries a like very young woman, okay. or remarries, and she's an aspiring actress, okay. and she's like, maybe not that good. The show is kind of unclear about her, about how good she is at acting,
0: Okay,
2: um, and she's not getting a lot of gigs, and her mother, who is French... French-Canadian, maybe? I don't remember, but she speaks French. Um, Comes in and is like, the problem with you, Megan, is that you're not an artist. You just have an artistic temperament.
1: Oh, interesting. What a great line.
2: Right. Yeah. And that's how I feel about Lena Dunham. Okay. She has an artistic temperament. She's not actually all that good at what she does.
0: Yeah. And I
2: think Jenny Slade is probably the opposite, right? Like, she is good at what she does maybe we are just not here for it yet. Yeah. Not ready for it. Bow, bow, I, was, bow.
1: I have I've got opinions, but I don't know actually know fully what they are. But I I liked little weirds enough to finish the whole thing.
2: And that is our 10 minute discussion of Jenny Slate's (laughs) little weirds. Um, We're going to move through the other ones a little bit quicker. I think Um, the next one you have is all this could be yours.
1: This is the new Jamie Attenberg.
2: Oh yeah. Comes out
1: at the end of October. I do think this is a book I finished and I do think you would like. Um, So Jamie Attenberg wrote, she has written several books and you and I've talked before. I struggled. I loved, I love Jamie Attenberg's writing style Mm -hmm. and I love her tone Her characters in her previous book, I did not care for. Mm -hmm. It felt like um, a stereotypical, if I remember correctly, and I'm actually, I should have looked it up before I came in here. I cannot remember the title of the book. I can very vividly see the cover. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But it was about, the main character was kind of a stereotypical millennial. Right. And I don't really have patience for a stereotypical millennial. Um, I have empathy, but I don't know that I have patience. Uh, So as a character, I was like, I don't really Mm care what's happening here. Um, And you and I talk often. I don't need my characters to be likable. Mm -hmm. Some people do. Um, It wasn't even that this particular character wasn't likable. I just felt like I was waiting for development that never occurred. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for growth that never occurred. And perhaps that was the point. Um, This new book is called All This Could Be Yours. To me, um, Jordan and I are very here for succession on HBO. That's like our favorite show right now. Um, And the premise of that show, it's loosely, I think inspired by, I want to say, the Murdochs. Uh, And so, basically, what happens when the patriarch of your wealthy... Family is a terrible person Mm -hmm. and what happens when he's on his deathbed. And so the themes of succession, while different in tone, are very similar to the themes of All This Could Be Yours. Basically, there's this patriarch of this family who has been terrible in every way, shape, or form. Like in maybe dealing with um, his female employees, so Mm -hmm. some Me Too stuff going on, but also in terms of his financial dealings. Mm -hmm. He's just a skis. Like he's just not a good guy. They all are. He's just not great. So the book then he like has a stroke or a heart attack and he is on his deathbed and the book follows the different family members reactions to this. So, uh, the wife who has stuck by his side, Mm -hmm. uh, who has kind of stood by her man throughout the whole thing. Uh, you get her perspective, you get the daughter's perspective who has moved away from home and flies back to new Orleans to kind of reconcile Mm -hmm. why her mom stayed with this person who was so terrible if he is terrible what does that mean about her Mm -hmm. then you've got the son who lives in new orleans but has flown out to california and will not fly home Mm -hmm. like so he does not fly back home to be with his family like during this crisis why doesn't he fly back what are his issues we get his wife's perspective and every single one of those people I really cared about. I really, it's not again that I necessarily found them likable. Right. I found them very compelling. Um,
2: A little bit like family of origin where like yeah. I found Elsa really compelling although I did not like her in the yes. slightest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Um, and I think yeah, the themes from Family of Origin about identity and uh-huh. who you are and fatherhood and what ver- that looks ver- millennial. like. millennial. Yes. It certainly addresses some of that. Um, I the wife nearly broke my heart, just like some of her decision making and why she made those choices. Jamie Attenberg also lives in new Orleans mm-hmm, and the book right. takes place there. And you can really, she writes new Orleans very you can, well. You can tell. Yes. Yeah. You can tell an adoration for that place
2: and a familiarity.
1: Yes. So I really, really liked this book. Um, liked it way more than I had liked her previous works. Yet what I liked about her previous works was still here. Um, I think she's a really good writer.
2: Also a great Twitter personality. Is
1: she? Yeah. Oh, fine. I don't follow her on no, Twitter. No, she's
2: great. So, um, yeah, that
1: comes out at the end of the month.
2: Cool. Your next thing is Wild Game, and we talked about this yeah. as one of the fall books. Yes,
1: we've addressed this one a little bit. Um, I'll just reiterate, it's a memoir. comes out October 15th, but I, my understanding, as we discuss, is that it's already been released for Book of the Month Club members. Yes. Um, it's a memoir, I think, more in line with Inheritance by Danny Shapiro than it is in line with The Glass Castle. Right. I think... I think you're going to see it compared to the Glass Castle, uh-huh. um, but a mother daughter uh, story, true story um, about a very boundaryless mother daughter relationship yeah. <laughs> and the problems that occur. Yeah. Uh, basically, Adrian Brodeur's mother, um, who was a great food writer, so there's some really good food writing in this book. Very uh, Ruth Reichel, Nora Ephron connections. Mm. Um, but anyway, Adrian Brodeur's mother had an affair when Adrian was. 14, and she basically allowed her daughter to be an accomplice in that affair. And so what happens to Adrian and the decision she makes as an adult, it is fascinating how influenced she is by her mother's infidelity. Which
2: is, I mean, it's a great story for a memoir. Yes. But like what a terrible thing to have had to live.
1: Yes. Can you imagine? No. Well, And that's what I, you and I discussed. Like um, we talked about it read... And I mean this in the yeah. truest sense of yeah, yeah, yeah. words, it read like fiction because it, I kept thinking, how that, could how this, this happen? happen? <laughs> Not this that happen like, the somewhere? prose
2: is so good, yeah. but like, this doesn't feel real. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so anyway, I really liked it. Uh, picked it up kind of on a whim because I was looking into books for the fall literary guide, um, but really liked it. Um, and really highly recommend for book clubs. Highly recommend for book clubs.
2: Tell me a little bit more about She Said.
1: Okay, there are several books out right now that I think have caught the national media's attention, partly because they were written by journalists.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a book out right now that I have not read about the trial of Justice Kavanaugh and Brett mm-hmm. Kavanaugh, and it has come under fire both from conservatives and liberals in its dealings with, um, with sexual assault.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I have not read that book, um, and I don't know if I will read that book. Instead, what I was very inclined to pick up is She Said, which is by Megan Tom... Tomi, uh, and Jody Cantor. Um, they are New York times journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody blurbed and I wish I could tell who, cause I thought this was very clever. Somebody basically said it was like, um, all the president's men.
0: Uh huh.
1: Um, but of our time, mm-hmm. uh, and with female journalists at mm-hmm. the home. And I, so I'm obviously here for that. <laughs> uh, but It's the Harvey Weinstein case and what happened to kind of break that story. Mm -hmm. And you get this really insider's look. Not only do you get these powerful stories of these women who were sexually assaulted and it took them years to kind of um, come out with their stories, Mm -hmm. but you get a lot of insider baseball about how a story like this comes to light, which I really appreciate. You kind of... I, I suspected this was happening, but you kind of get a look at now there is such pressure to publish a piece before you're really done with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they talk about some of that pressure and how their editors were really good at helping them not publish it Mm -hmm. because they felt like they had to finish it Ronan Farrow was working on a similar piece, right. and so kind and of when Ronan
2: Farrow's in the game, <laughs>
1: yes, you have to step up yours. Yeah, and, and they acknowledge that, but they also were like, but we also wanted a really well told, well crafted, right. and
2: and there can be kind both. of above
1: reproach story, right? Yeah. And so um, they talk about that a lot, and. So you get this insider look at, um, at journalism and journalism in our current time. And then you also get some really interesting legal stuff about non-disclosure agreements mm-hmm. and why they're signed. If you've uh-huh. ever kind of wondered why would anybody sign something like that. And um, my mind was kind of boggled at some of these women when they signed these non-disclosure agreements. Included in the agreement was even that they would not tell physicians or counselors And I cannot fathom signing that right away.
2: um,
1: That you would sign that away. But you kind of really, these journalists do a good job of helping you understand where these women were when they made these decisions. The the context. Yeah. Um, The writing is excellent. Um, It's most powerful. It's short, honestly. So it's really pretty powerful throughout. Um, They do devote like the last chapter um, comparing it to, to maybe comparing, maybe not even comparing is the right word basically talking about the after effects of what happened post this story and what Mm -hmm. happened with the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. And they talk about Brett Kavanaugh. They talk about Aziz Ansari. They Mm -hmm. talk about um, what happens when a movement gains momentum and what happens when other stories start coming out that maybe aren't vetted. Mm -hmm. Um, The Aziz Ansari case is one that um, they referenced. But anyway, it is... Really interesting. Really well written. Um, I love... I mean, we've talked about this before. I love nonfiction when it's in the hands of journalists. Their writing is just something I really love. I've always loved feature writing. I've always loved feature stories. Um, But I just appreciate the effort and the intense research Mm -hmm. and intense amount of work that goes into um, this... It gives you, to me, not a ton of new information about Harvey Weinstein, if that's Mm -hmm. what you're here for. I was not. I was here to find out how the story broke. Right. Um, And that's what she said. It's kind
2: of the, it's the spotlight. Yes. Of absolutely
1: Yes. I have talked before that I am here for journalism porn. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) that is what I'm here for. And this is more of that. You know, I read earlier this, was it this year? No. I think it was last year. I read Fire and Fury. Was that the one written by... Bob Woodward about Trump?
2: Oh. Or was
1: that just called...
2: I two don't came remember. Out at, okay,
1: two came out at the same time. I read the Bob Woodward it, one. It
2: feels like 12 came out at the same time. Yeah.
1: I read the Bob Woodward one. This is what I'm talking about. This really journalistic, uh-huh. like, we spent X amount of months, years, mm-hmm. rep- you know, gathering this information. Um, yeah, Watergate, yeah. all the president's men. Very Which is similar.
2: why, I don't know, I for me these stories, I think, need some time to breathe. Yes. And so, like, this other book about uh, Brett Kavanaugh that you're saying is coming under fire from all sides, like, yeah. probably because, like, this happened a year ago. Yes. There shouldn't already be a book about it.
1: I think, th- and, like, then the New York Times covered, they didn't cover, okay, so it's two New York Times reporters right this new book, and perhaps you already know this, but, like, they, they so they, um, the New York Times, instead of covering what the women covered in the book as, a news story mm-hmm. wrote about the book in like their book review like, ah, opinion mm-hmm. section. I think in the opinion section. Um, and so I think people were like, wait, but why didn't we examine this as a news piece? Like if new allegations have come out, why right. not approach it like a news story? Didn't... To
2: say nothing of the fact that the New York times opinion section is hot garbage. And
1: then the Twitter, like, I think what really came under fire and sadly, I think one of the authors of the book wrote the tweet there was this, the tweet to promote the New York Times article mm-hmm. was very, I wish I could quote it for you. It was just, it was fairly problematic and mm-hmm. I'm, and I try to really keep an open mind. Um, it was not a great tweet. Mm-hmm. Also, let's be careful when we tweet would yeah. be my suggestion. <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing. Uh, um, but anyway, that book basically has just come under some fire. I may still read it because I am curious about all the events and things surrounding his um, his hearings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I do think, I kind of like that this Harvey Weinstein case was from like, this story was right. like from 2016 or 2017. Mm-hmm.
2: It's had a little more time to breathe. Yes.
1: And they had been reporting on it way previous right. to that. And now they've written this book. So I, just, I do kind of like the effort that it appeared went into. Right.
2: Well, and that the book isn't so much about, The case, but about the reporting of the case, and that's interesting. It is.
1: It 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 is so interesting. And I I followed that the the case itself and the reporting of the case really closely. Like I was that was I was listening to the daily on a regular basis. Anyway, so I loved getting a behind the scenes look. Like there was a a reference to Michael Barbaro, and I was like, "Hi, Michael!" Like like (laughs) I just it was neat to see how the wheels turn. Um, again, in light of our current culture and the current news cycle, so I really liked it. Highly recommend.
2: Great. The last thing you have here is Red at the Bone, which I think... Is this the new Jacqueline Woodson? Yes.
1: It's so good. I'm a little um, surprised it was not like a finalist for the National Book Award. Yeah. It seemed on brand for that did prize. Did it
2: miss the publication cutoff?
1: I don't know that it did. Because I feel like there were a couple of books here that came out here at the last minute. Some critical reviews have been good, but not glowing. Mm. Mine is glowing. Like, I really liked it. Um, I like Jacqueline Woodson yeah. anyway. I have not listened to the whole thing but she did a TED talk she is some kind of national spokesperson mm-hmm. for young people's literature yeah and she did this TED talk um, I don't know I heard an, I heard part of it on NPR about reading and particularly about reading slowly and I loved listening to that because I was listening to that I was like driving in my car at the same time as I was reading this book and this book to me, despite it's very short chapters and it's very short Mm -hmm. page count is beg is begging to be read slowly Mm. and to realize that an author might have done that intentionally is really
2: really good authors do a lot of things intentionally (laughs)
1: like it was it's very much like oh she did this on purpose she wanted me to take my time with this the chapters are short um I said on my Instagram review, and I stand by it. I know it sounds a little confusing, um, but it's James Baldwin meets Gilmore Girls. Yeah. So it's, to me, very much, even kind of when it starts, you feel like you're reading If Beale Street Could Talk, mm-hmm. like for the modern era.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I bet that's intentional too. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I have not done research like to read some of her author interviews, but I, I'm sure it is. Um, so it feels very much like If Beale Street Could Talk. And then you've got these mother-daughter elements woman has a daughter when she's 15. Mm-hmm. Now her daughter is 15. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? The
0: Very very much, Girls. Yes, to be
1: <laughs> girls, the grandparents are present, right. very right. involved.
0: Right.
1: You, one really cool thing is you get, much like all this could be yours, um, except the narration is different. So Red at the Bone fluctuates and alternates in their narration. So one chapter is narrated by the grandfather. Another chapter is narrated by the, the 15-year-old girl. Another is by her mother. Mm-hmm. And the narration is so different. It's not gonna help you out like the chapters don't have like the name of who's narrating mm-hmm. instead you have to give yourself a minute to adjust to the prose and to adjust to the dialogue to I figure out who's this and I loved that Olivia listened to the audiobook and she loved the audiobook because they employed different narrators right um, so a little
2: bit like Lincoln in the Barno yes, in that way
1: yes so very much like a stage production um, I adored this book if you have maybe never read Jacqueline Woodson, to me, her sensibilities are also similar to Jasmine Ward. Um, but if you have never read her, for whatever reason, I think this book is very accessible, even to the reader who maybe is not comfortable with mm-hmm. her poetic language, because mm-hmm. she does write like a poet to me. Um, her prose is very... Uh, I don't know lyrical yeah it's really beautiful Um, but even if like maybe that's not your thing um, I think this one's short enough and and short chapters where you should try it Um, I've got a friend who only or not only but she prefers plot driven versus character driven this is character driven but because of its length I thought I think even people who typically like plot driven will Mm -hmm. enjoy it Uh, so highly recommend really liked it also the cover is gorgeous yeah it's so pretty
2: Um, So that's pretty good list it sounds like you enjoyed
1: i had a great two months. different
2: degrees and you read a lot of very different things yeah
1: i felt i felt good about the month really um,
2: 2 nonfiction, one weird yeah um and then two fiction but from very different authors telling very different stories yeah. like you read diversely this month yeah that's pretty I did. good
1: thank you i well and i think when i finished the month when i came into the store and wrote down my list for mm-hmm. you i was like oh this isn't very many and then i looked at it and i was like yeah but, but, this I, is a good month. but i enjoyed them all and here's the thing I read a little bit more slowly this month, and I don't know that that will be the case for every month, but it was kind of a reminder that sometimes slowing down and relishing a book is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I will just say here before we close out that like in October, I have borrowed a couple books from people um, that are novellas that I want to try to read. Okay. Um, The first is a very famous one, I guess, in the novella world, which I was not aware of that is highly recommended The Hunters by Claire Massoud. Okay. Um, I've heard it described as like Rear Window.
1: Oh, fun. Um, which
2: sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, um, fun for it, October. And it's like 100 pages long. So oh, perfect. perfect. And then the second one is called Malagash by Joey Como. Okay. I'm I right think on. it was independently published. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, he's a webcomic writer, oh, um, and he's really interesting and fun. It's kind of a sci-fi grief story okay. set in the Canadian wilds.
1: Well, that sounds right up your alley. Right? And yeah.
2: also... Like 120 pages. Okay. So I want to read both those things yeah. in the coming month. We'll see how I do.
1: I think I think you can do
2: it. I think you can do it. We're at the bottom of the barrel again. Started out strong, but now we're coming up thin. We cast lots with all the devils of sin oh my
0: god oh my god oh my god
1: from the front porch is a production of the bookshelf an independent bookstore in thomasville georgia it's produced by me annie jones and chris jensen and edited by chris jensen if you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode you can do so at bookshelfthomasvillecom forward slash shop
2: Thank you, as always, to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album, 4 Learn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com or find them under their current moniker at The Rally Club. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content like our weekly new release Tuesday, check us out on patreon.com fromthefrontporch. You can also find us at our website, fromthefrontporchpodcast.com, for web-only content... Content in a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened.
1: So we have these bean bags um, that kids can sit on during story time, yeah. and I just want to shout out good parents everywhere because before story time, there was like a cute little girl, you know, running around in the bookshelf. It was kind of a crazy day. It was sidewalk sale, and. These parents came up, I guess, rather um, mortified looking because their little girl, who I guess was in the middle of potty training, um, they only had, I guess, regular underwear on her and she peed on mm. one of our bean bags. Ow and they we just were so relieved that they told us yes because in the past some things have happened and i guess some parents go into panic mode
2: and just leave and
1: just leave or um i kid you not we had a (laughs) we had a dad i go to do story time i move the stool to go sit and under the stool is this giant coffee spill. Like, iced coffee, ice everywhere. You know it wasn't a child. And they
2: just put a stool on top. They just put a stool
1: on top. And so then in front of all these parents and these children, I had to be like, I had to not react. I had to be like, well, somebody made a mess. Like, (laughs) you know, like, had to, (laughs) like, and not be like, what goob? Like, (laughs) spilled an entire venti. Like, must have been the largest size grassroots carries. Anyway, so these very sweet parents came up and were like, "Can we please buy this beanbag chair?" Um, Which, yes, we. Which our daughter peed on. Yes, which our daughter (laughs) urinated on. And we were so relieved because we knew if they had not done that, we don't like inspect those beanbags. We would have been smelling urine for For days. Yeah, like we would have been like, "Where is it coming from?" And so, thank you, parents.
2: Thank you. We would
1: always just know that a store clerk, employee, whatever, always would rather know.
2: ABC, (laughs) always be conscientious. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.